0: Welcome to the Two Cents FC Show. I'm your host, Amobi Okugo. I'm here with my guy L. We got a special guest, uh, my big bro, Jalil Anibaba. Uh, more about Two Cents FC. Each week, we'll be discussing three topics from around the soccer world, and I'll be giving my thoughts from the perspective of a pro soccer player. Uh, this week, we got a lot to unpack: the Black Players Coalition in MLS, spikes in COVID nineteen cases ahead of league restarts, and Turner dropping. Uh, Champions League deal early. Um, Jaleel, thank you for joining us. I know you're busy right now. Uh, how you doing?
1: Doing well, man. Thanks for, thanks for having
0: me. Yeah, so obviously we know each other. I mean, we grew up together. But give us uh, some context in your story, like how you got to, you know, Nashville
1: SC. Yeah, um, you know, soccer's been a huge part of my life um, ever since the beginning, you know. I grew up in Davis, California. Um, Started playing when I was four years old. Um, went all the way through the youth ranks. Um, started my college career at Santa Clara University, then transferred to Chapel Hill. Graduated from Chapel Hill. Um, was drafted by the Fire. Um, played my first three years there. Um, then played for a number of clubs in between. And, you know, now I find myself in, in Nashville, which I'm very much enjoying.
0: Yeah, so can you talk about that? because. Uh... I mean, if you guys don't know Jahlil, he's one of the greatest guys in the league in terms of being able to be a team guy, um, gets along with everybody. A lot of coaches value that. His, you know, his veteran leadership, his ability to, you know, build a locker room, and obviously his versatility on the field. Do you have like a favorite team that you played for? Because, you, I mean, you're going for Dom, Dom Maduro's record.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't think I can pick a favorite team per se because all of them have been so different. Um, and I've been able to take a lot of value from, from all of my experiences. Um, you know, I've obviously learned, um, certain lessons from, from each, each stop that, that I've made. Um, but you know, I would, I would obviously say that, um, you know, the teams that I've been on that have been the most successful, I've obviously been, you know, um, probably, well, obviously the most rewarding, but, but, um, the most fun um, to play on. So that being Seattle in 2014, um, we won the supporter Shield and Open Cup. We barely missed out on, on uh, MLS Cup. And then in 2015 with Kansas City, we won Open Cup as well. And, you know, um, we, we had a very, very good team, um, you know, so. Yeah, y'all
0: beat us in Open Cup that year and then we won it together the next year. It was crazy.
1: Exactly. <laughs> So, you know, uh, we always try to try to do the best we can on the field. So whenever you're rewarded, it definitely feels good.
0: Yeah, man. So, okay. Speaking of that, do you have like a favorite position because you play right back, you play center back, you play left back. Uh, You swear you can play up top and in the midfield, but I don't know about that. I mean, you have over 200 appearances, um, multiple playoff appearances. So like when it's all said and done, people are going to remember you for the solid career you have, but do you have like
1: a favorite position? Um, you know, center back is what's most natural to me. Um, you know, at least throughout my professional years, um, that's where, you know, I've played probably the most. Um, you know, although when I was starting out in Chicago, I played played probably predominantly right back, but, you know, yeah, center back is where, where I'm most comfortable. Um you know, that's probably where I'm enjoying my football the most. Um, but it's, it's interesting, though, because growing up, you know, my dad trained me and my, me and my brothers to, to pretty much all be, you know, attack-minded uh, central midfielders, so tens, if you will. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, in all seriousness, though, I think it's really helped me in my professional career to be able to um, obviously have a certain technical standard to my play. Um, but also to um, you know my my foundation my football foundation if you will is is through processing the game from an attacking player's mind so that's helped me a lot um, as I've you know earned earned money being a defender
0: no yeah that's great and can you talk about that because you do a lot of training you know young kids like what's one thing that you would tell like young young kids to like work work on whether it's you know you know, working on both feet, um, discipline, whatever it may be. And like, what advice would you have for them? Because, you know, to be able to play over 10 years now um, in MLS at a top level, it's not easy. You know, people don't understand, like it, it, it takes a lot to, to do. So what advice would you have for like the young kids?
1: Yeah, the first thing is, well, for, for young kids that are still learning and they're developing, is to, to try your hardest to be a complete player. Um, cause you know, kids that, you know, around like six, seven, eight years old that you'll even hear them say like, Oh, well, I'm a, I'm a 10 or I'm a nine. Yeah. Or, I'm only a six, but like, you know, every, pretty much all of us can attest to the fact that like you, you get moved around, um, you know, and the, the more, um, I guess equipped you are and your soccer abilities to be able to play, um you know multiple positions at the highest level possible um the more you're a gonna enjoy soccer and also too the more you'll be able to continue to move up throughout the ranks um i don't know of very many soccer players at all um that you know have played one singular position their entire lives unless you know they're a keeper or something like that
0: yeah that's a great point and um Obviously, I wanted to talk about you helping like the youth because, you know, you do your annual, you know, foundation, your camps, your clinics, and with whenever, whatever club you've been a part of, you always help out within the community. Can you talk about, and we're going to get into it with El. you know, can you talk about what it means to be a role model and, you know, what it means to leave a lasting legacy?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, being able to, to put yourself in positions where, the community can can rely on you and and reach out to you, um, which in turn, um, you know, allows you the opportunity to to give back is is very important. Um, because again, I don't know I don't know a footballer um, that you know has been able to play at high levels that did everything by themselves it just doesn't happen. So each and every one of us had people that were helping us and pushing us along the way and you know teaching us the necessary lessons. Um so it's a it's a very um important aspect of, you know, nurturing nurturing the next generation, um mentoring them and you know not only helping them grow within the game but um trying your best to help them grow as people as well. Um, I think it's it's very important. Um, yeah, and and it's also too very very rewarding.
0: Nah, uh, and that's what it's all about. And speaking of, you know, leaving an impression and impact, uh, you were part of um, a new thing. You know, over seventy athletes within MLS of African American descent um, did an amazing thing. So, L, uh, bring it home. And then we definitely want to talk to you about you know this wonderful thing that you guys have done. It's it's really amazing, and I'm really uh, proud to uh, uh, to know what you guys are doing.
2: Yeah, so let's jump right into our first topic. Um, Black MLS players form a coalition to combat racism in soccer across the U.S. and Canada. So on Juneteenth, more than 70 Black Major League Soccer players announced the formation of the Black Players Coalition of MLS. The BPC is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and will lobby for initiatives such as implicit bias training and cultural education courses. While its community efforts will include targeted spending, educational advancement initiatives and mentorship programs. Um so far the Black Players Coalition of MLS has secured uh over 75,000 in charitable contributions by the MLS Players Association on behalf of the coalition. Um so th- we definitely want to thank uh Nashville Nashville SC defender Jalil Anababa, for joining us today. Um was a founding member on the board. Um so can you tell us a little bit more about the coalition?
1: Yeah. Um it um
2: it started
1: as a conversation between, you know, a number of us brothers in the league, um, just about what we want to do, essentially, how we want to, first and foremost, band together to, you know, provide ourselves with, with, uh, you know, somewhat of a formal uh, support system that is obviously outside of our families um, to, to discuss what's happening um, excuse me, and how we, how we felt about it. Um, you know, and then, you know, exactly what we, what we wanted to do. Um, it started as, you know, an Instagram chat group and slowly it started with about probably like eight to 10 of us in the group. And then within, you know, 48 hours it we maxed out the number of, of, uh, you know, people that you can even have in an Instagram group, which we didn't even know was possible.
0: Yeah, I had no idea about that.
1: Yeah, so so food for thought, the max group, the max members you can have in an Instagram group is 32 people. So we maxed that out with the quickness. Um, and you know, we we were able to get everybody together, and we hopped on our first Zoom call, and there was, you know, like you said, over 70 of us. And the common thread between between all of us was that we wanted to create something that was larger than than each and every one of us as individuals, that um, would serve as a um, you know a joint effort to to stop you know racial injustices that we see not only in MLS um, of course that that's one of our. Um, you know main areas of focus because that's our industry that that's where we work that's you know where our livelihoods lay but also to to uh to affect change as far as uh systemic racism is concerned outside of outside of football as well and within the communities that um we we work in um, being our our local markets but also too in the the communities that, that we live in and that our our families call home
0: no, I think it's really amazing. Like, can you talk about because you know, we're in a couple of group chats and you know there's a lot of players within the league that are in like these group chats where we talk about some of these issues, but for you guys to take it from group chat to actionable nonprofit, where did that shift come about? Like when did it finally say, you know, enough is enough and how you guys wanted to go about it?
1: Yeah, um what we essentially were quickly understanding was that you know the the tighter our 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 bond is in terms of how unified we are the stronger we are Mm -hmm. Um, and we realized you know pretty much pretty much instantly that like almost all of the black players in the league are are in to do something and to to help and to bring ideas forward and to and to stand in solidarity and once we saw that Um, you know, we, like I was saying in our, in our initial zoom call, um, you know, we had, we had obviously a lot of, a lot of players, um, you know, from all walks of life that were, that were there expressing, you know, sentiments of, you know, some frustration, some motivation, just overall, um, energy. And we channeled that energy into positive energy. And we decided that, you know, if we are going to do something that's that permeates through the league and outside of the league to affect change, we need to band together and form some type of an organization. And and that's what we we've been able to do.
0: Yeah. It's been great too. to not only see like, the top players involved, but you know, the young players, the, the, the veterans, and even like the alumni, you know, Quincy's not currently in the league, but for him to be, be involved and have an active role is really important. Uh, how has the support been, you know, outside? Cause from the outside looking in, obviously I'm involved in the sense of like the group chats and stuff and, you know, hearing what you guys are discussing, but from the outside looking in, you know, there's some allies that are supporting and then some that are just kind of quiet on the situation. Uh, where do you, Where do you stand on that?
1: Yeah, um first of all, the our major um, determinant of support, if you will, um that's come from you know just like Bodes of confidence and, and X, y and z apart from um, the monetary um, contributions that we've received from um, from the union so far. apart from that, um, what we've been seeing a lot of a lot of support. You know, um, after our launch, um, after our release, after we, you know, announced ourselves to the world. Strategic launch, by the way, on Juneteenth, that was big time. Yeah, kind of just based on the timeline of of everything that was was going on and, you know, where we were as a group. It was the only date that made sense to us. Um, Thanks. Yeah. So, yeah, but the support, the support has been great. Um, the support has been has been great um you know it's it's given us confidence it's given us you know even more motivation on top of the motivation that we started everything with um and you know every everything has just been has been a beautiful process so far um and you were you you hit the nail on the head um we have everybody involved we have the more veteran players like myself in the league we have the top level guys in the league we have um you know young guys we have guys that fall in between you know we have alumni that are with us it's it's been it's been a very beautiful thing so um you know we're we just want to continue to make sure that um you know the synergy within the group continues to stay strong and then we feel that um you know as long as that stays intact then the support will continue to flow
0: yeah, man, that's what it's all about. And yeah, once again, happy so much for you guys to do this. And we talk about, you know, advancing the sport of soccer in the United States and, you know, getting more minorities, specifically in this case, you know, Black African-Americans involved. Um, and not just, you know, African-Americans, there's also Afro-Latinas, you know, Africans that come over, just everyone under this coalition, you know, it it just, like you said, stronger as a fist. And to have that support system, you know, whether you're a young guy, a veteran, going through different things. I mean, you can name countless stories of, you know, some of us uh, in MLS that have gone through different things. So for this to for this to finally be in fruition, it really is, is really something to see. And definitely we're gonna have that more information in the show notes on how to support, how to get involved, how to stay active and how to follow what you guys are doing. I'm personally really excited about that.
1: Yeah, um, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And like I said, it's it's a beautiful thing. Um, and all of the energy has been great. And, you know, all of us are very, um, you know, optimistic, but we're also too working very hard to, to continue to lay the foundation um, for this entire thing in the, in the correct way.
0: No, that's what it's all about. And I mean, 2020 has been crazy, you know, with this situation, with the racial injustice is kind of being heightened with COVID. Um, you guys are about to start playing again, but uh, cases have spiked. Um, El, bring us to topic two, because I want to discuss um, this testing protocol with Jalil, because I have some issues with it.
2: <laughs> All right. COVID-19 cases have spiked in Florida ahead of the MLS's back tournament. So the state has topped over 100,000 cases, adding at least 3,000 new cases as of Monday of this week. Um, six players from the NWSL Orlando Pride tested positive, causing them to pull out of the league's Challenge Cup tournament. Um, so, an addendum to that is um, it came out that those were those tests were actually negative, so false positive. I mean, false negative tests. Um, yeah, false positive tests um, happened with them, so we don't we don't really know what's gonna happen with that team just yet. Um, but another thing to note is the MLS is not responsible for testing the resort staff that will be working with the players during the tournament in Orlando. Um, so there's a lot of questions like if you look on social media or um, a lot of people are asking, like, should, should the games even be played? Should the tournament even be played or should it be moved? Um, so what do you guys thoughts on that?
0: So, I mean, I know Jaleel can't speak on it, but for me personally, I know you guys were going back and forth Um you know about the health concerns regarding, um, you know, this COVID nineteen situation. It's a situation that no one could really prepare for. But at the same time, um, at the same time, with everything going on for for MLS and the players to come together with with other stakeholders to come together and find a solution um, that puts you guys' health in top priority. I think it was really cool to see. Um, with these spikes, it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, Jalil, how do you feel about the, the like the nose up the brain test though? Because I had to take it, and I, I'm not sure if you saw the video I took. I'm like, if I had to do this more than three times, I know health is at a premium, but can we do the swab? Can we do like I'd rather do any other test than that thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's great that you ask because. When we first, so essentially what's happening right now is we're getting even, we're, so we're still in Nashville and we'll go down to, we're scheduled to go down, um, to Orlando on the 1st and then we'll have a week of training there. Um, and what's happening currently is that we're being tested every other day. Um, hold on when we first started, they were doing the one nasal swab and it was going up high. Um, but since, so I would say for the last few weeks, um, they've been able to just do two swabs in each nostril and not nearly as high. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's comfortable to be fair. Um, so, you know, um, that that makes it um, something that is is not too intrusive of a of an exam every every other day um, with just the with the double nasal, nasal swab you're in and out
0: no respect as long as it's accurate I think it's that's all you need because that that nose thing is game changer um, but shout out to the support staff you know all of that's involved medical staff front office staff uh, making it as seamless as possible for you guys to get back on the field and in terms of getting back on the field like how your game fitness cuz like you know been off 3 months like how are you guys able to practice in terms of staying within the safety guidelines and safety protocols and then now you guys have the games coming up
1: yeah it's been it's been a you know very interesting time for everybody everybody involved but you know there's there's nothing to 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 complain about um because you know, everybody is is dealing with with the pandemic. Everybody has had to to make major adjustments to their lives. Um, you know, across the world. So, um, you know, to be able to to still have um, you know a major source of solace for for us as players is a blessing. Um, you know, obviously, being able to play is 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 therapeutic to to, to all of us in one way, shape or form. Um, So, you know, there's nothing to complain about. Um, But in saying that, you know, it's, it's definitely been an adjustment process um, and, or let's say an adaptation process. Um, But, you know, that's pretty much the name of, of sports um, and definitely professional sports. You have to be able to adapt on the fly and be essentially ready for everything. Um, And I, I think our club has done, Pretty good job, as far as the players are concerned, to to keep ourselves um, fit before we started even the individual training. And now that we're into full team training, you know, um, from a fitness standpoint, I don't I don't see an issue with where we are as a club. No
0: respect, and you know, best of luck to your team. I'll definitely be supporting. Uh, I know L's not going to be supporting when y'all play Atlanta, or if you guys face Atlanta. Um, but yeah, no muscle injuries. Um, hopefully, no one gets affected by COVID um, down there in Orlando. I'm definitely interested to see if that's going to play a role. Uh, L, I mean, you have no ties. You can speak how you want. Where do you think is going to happen?
2: Um, well, I think I think they'll play on. Um, I trust the league to uh, make sure that the bubble is secure. You know, make sure the players are protected. Um, as long as nobody's, you know, out being reckless, I think everything should be cool. <laughs> you know,
1: yeah. to yeah, that I'll point,
2: um, I, I was at that Nashville game, the first Nashville game you guys had. Um, yeah, amazing crowd. Um, hopefully, you guys' support stays to that level. I think it'll be a great rivalry um, between uh, Atlanta and Nashville. So I'm looking forward to heading heading to more games. Wishing you luck. You know, I hope your team loses, but I wish I hope you do well <laughs> on the field that day. You know. Man of the match <laughs> type of type of performance, but no. Yeah,
0: uh, I was looking for a rivalry because they don't have one with Orlando yet. Apparently, that's what they yeah,
2: keep nah, talking those about. Those are our sons. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: or okay. uh, you're supporting a good team there, so I can't I can't knock you for
2: that though. Yeah, you got you guys are a good team too. Like, I definitely see you guys being good. So I'm looking forward to that.
1: Appreciate it,
2: right.
0: Yeah, El, take us through uh, Champions League.
2: Um. Yeah, so speaking of tournaments, um, Champions League obviously has been um, on hiatus since COVID broke out. And Turner, who's been handling Ch- Champions League this year, opted to end their deal with them early. So Turner Sports told UEFA that it has opted out of his Champions League contract. Um, Turner execs called UEFA last week to say that it will, it will exercise a clause in his contract to, carry, to get out of carrying games uh, when it starts up again this summer and for all of next season. So UEFA will look to resell English language rights um, for the next two seasons over the next several weeks. Um, So Univision right now has the Spanish language rights. So Turner has the English language rights. Um, So sources say that uh, UEFA has not held any discussions with potential US media companies um, for the rights for next year, but CBS is the most logical partner given that last November, the network agreed to buy the rights to the event Um, from the fall of 2021 to the spring of 2024. Uh, So ESPN, NBC, Fox, um, and DAZN uh, also should expect calls. So this decision to opt out makes business sense for Turner given that it already knows that it's losing their rights in 2021. So combined with the prolonged stoppage in play um, this season due to COVID, it just made sense to kind of get out now rather than trying to uh, create more expenses by finishing out the season. What do you guys think about that? And what also what do you what are you guys' thoughts on um, the coverage, Turner's coverage of uh uh Champions League this year?
0: Um for me personally, I thought it was all right. Um I did I did like the analysis uh from my boy Maurice Sadou, uh Stu holding K bill uh Tim Howard when he was on. Uh Steve Nash was good. It's just it's just it's just different when you're hearing from a basketball player. It's like, you know, you're not hearing soccer players talk about football or or soccer players talk about basketball, even though he's like involved, he's an owner, and he's like played soccer, just that dynamic. It's, it's just a little bit weird to me. Um, How about you, Joel?
1: Um, you know, I think, you know, just like big picture is just another example of how, um, how much covid has changed things um you know and how um you know big businesses have had to like shift and adapt just like everyone else um you know as we've had to adapt in our our um you know um our own world so so have all the everyone else in the business sector um you know but i i think that you know, regardless of of, you know who picks up the vo- or who fills who fills the void, what company fills the void, um, you know I, I I do agree with you in the sense that like, you know I would prefer to have um, those with soccer expertise commenting <laughs> and analyzing, um, you know um, football, especially Champions League. But but to be fair, I thought Steve Nash also. Did, did a good job. It's just yeah. like that. I think the the optics of it and the feel of it is, is a little bit off.
0: Yeah, I feel you. I feel like if they did it a certain way, like, like I don't know, like have Steve Nash or like have a fan or have, you know, an an, an an analyst that's not known, like they could have like branded it or marketed it a certain way. Like I felt like they made it come in here like he was like an expert, like former player type, type hype. So let me ask you this or let me ask like both of y'all um, in terms of ESPN, NBC, Fox, like, you know, they cover most of the rights. Like which ones do you guys like the most? Like in terms of production, when it comes to like soccer games live on TV.
2: Um, I'm going to go with NBC just because they carry uh, um, the premier league. So if they could have a comparable um, type of broadcast experience. I think um, that would, that would bode well um, for uh, champions league as well.
1: I'm for me, I'm less about the actual network. I'm more about the 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 commentators and the, the analysts. So I like that. Yeah. So, you know, I like how Maurice carries himself and his and I like his analysis as well. Um, you know, I like I like Kyle Martino. Um, you know, I like Stuart Holden. Um, so it just for me it's it's less about the network um and more about Um, the actual and the the analysis those who are doing the analysis sorry.
0: No that's a good point I think it's going to be interesting too because you know they said Amazon and Dazen have opportunities to jump in obviously CBS Uh, I have a feeling I have like a random feeling that like you know YouTube or like Facebook or Amazon one of these tech even like Apple just comes in and just throws the bag for like these two years and then just kind of just as like a test run to see, um, you know how it work because they're trying to get in the soccer space. They're trying to get in the live score space, and soccer's here to stay in, in the states. You know these next. Obviously, COVID kind of put things aback, but 2021 summer, of 2021, the amount of tournaments that are going to be on, um, and then if you look forward, just the growth of MLS, the growth of USL, the growth of international soccer, um, combined with the fact that the World Cup's coming the um, Olympics are coming. Yeah. Bags are going to be thrown when it comes to
1: US TV rights. I agree 100%. And I know this is a little bit of a pivot, but I would like to see Netflix do something more with, with soccer. Oh, um, yeah. you know, we've, seen, we've seen projects pop up, um, but I would like to see them do something more. Like on yeah. the series side or like more of a live sports side? Well, they... The, <laughs> They have shown that it, you know, they they aren't moving away from their like original model in terms of like going into live sports or live coverage in any any way, shape, or form. And I think that's good because they everyone knows Netflix to be what they are. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking more on the on the docu series side, or you know, just like what they do best, taking that to you know mls and taking that like deeper into the prim um, you know just kind of you know making it something that is like a household netflix series um, you know we have we have things that have have popped up um, that have bridged cultural gaps like you know like top boy stuff like that summer house those types of <laughs> mad thing in <isn't> it yeah <laughs> <laughs> But, no, but that's
0: a great point because me and Elvin talking about that is like, yo, how come there's not like a hard knocks for or all or nothing for like soccer? Like, what if they? I mean, they did all or nothing Brazil, but like, what if they had it for like an MLS team or like MLS teams throughout the year, or just like like a home for like soccer documentaries? So that's a good point that you bring up. Yeah, somebody so needs Netflix, to do
2: a deal with the league to you know, get all of those documentary rights. Um, so. I have another uh, comment on the coverage piece, but Jalil, real quick, what team would you like to see covered by Netflix? So say they start a series, they start a docu-series. What team would you like to see covered next? I, mean, I would have to say Nashville SC, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to get, get FaceTime. That's why. You're trying to be on the TV. <laughs> but,
1: no, I mean, in all, in all seriousness, though, um, you know, as much as it would be, it would be fun to, to take part in something like that. Um, You know, I think there are so many, um, you know, marquee clubs within the league that would be great candidates for, you know, whatever the first, you know, MLS team to be on a docuseries a Netflix docuseries, you know, you have clubs that have, you know, great history, MLS history, at least, like you know, the founders would obviously be some a club that comes first to mind. Galaxy would be a no brainer. Um, you know, I'm not trying to like put too much wind in L. sales, but even Atlanta would be a very good um uh, <laughs> choice as well, just because of what they've been able to do in such a short, short time. There's, I mean, there's a lot of clubs you could also go the MLS original route with like DC. Um, you know, it there's, there's obviously so much, um, to, to, uh, you know, market now in the MLS that maybe wasn't, um, so marketable, marketable when, uh, you know, Amobi and I were first coming into league 10, 10, 11 years ago.
2: Yeah. I think also, um, docu-series telling the history of MLS. So kind of like a 30 for 30 type of thing where you chronicle like those original teams, because, you know, the MLS has picked up steam over the years, and so you got a, you have a lot of new fans who maybe not know the history, like from '96 on. You know, so kind of going back and telling some of that history, I think that those are good opportunities too to kind of document the league and chronicle um, where where they've come from to where they are now. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah there's some
0: possibilities.
2: Yeah, one more point. Um, one thing I can give Turner uh, because my team Arsenal was in Europa League, so we didn't get no screen time. <laughs> um was their ability to leverage digital so leveraging bleacher report live and allowing us to to you know purchase the game on an a la carte on an a la carte basis so i can still see arsenal you know stinking up europa league um you know paying them $3, $3 a week or whatever um to to watch my team so that's one thing i can appreciate uh with turner and with uh, bleacher report live and i hope the next uh the next carrier has some type of digital component um, to their to their coverage.
0: Yeah, I'd say it's like uh, mandatory.
2: Definitely. So now we jump into the game show part of the show. Um, no card, yellow card, red card. So
1: if you're not go. familiar
2: with the segment. Um, it's a rapid fire segment of the show where we get your opinion on minor topics worth noting. So Jaleel, as a, as a player, you know, no card, yellow card, red card. So no card means, I agree with it. I'm 100% down with this idea or this topic. Yellow card is, yeah, it's a foul. Um, probably something shady there, but I'm going to let it go. Red card is self-explanatory. You know, like, I'm not feeling that idea. I hate that idea. I hate that topic. I agree. Like, yep. So um, let's jump right into it. No card, yellow card, red card. Neil Mappai running into Burn Leno, causing him to land awkwardly and injure his knee knocking him out of the game. So if you're not familiar with this, um, when Arsenal played Brighton, uh, one of their strikers ran into Burn Leno, the the, the keeper, kind of unnecessarily. He didn't have to run into him, but it caused Burn Leno to kind of land awkwardly and knocked him out for probably the rest of the season. Um, so what do you guys' thoughts on that?
0: For me, yellow card. Goalies are... Yo, if you're a goalie, this is my pet peeve. You come out with your knee, come out with your leg, like you, you get protected. Like, so for me, it's a yellow card. Cause um, I didn't, I don't even know if I seen, I didn't, I think, I thought I saw the highlight, but I didn't. Um, goalies, like if you protect yourself, protect yourself at all times. Like I hate when goalies come off their line, like scare. And Jalil, we have a couple boys that <laughs> just, Yeah, but yo, you come out with your knee, come out with your, and just, the the four will run out will run out the way sorry it's a pet peeve of mine
1: I'll say I mean they always look at like injury right so uh you know uh Hold on. I'm literally about to watch it right, right now. <laughs> He's trying to make sure. I'm trying to, um, you know. I'm trying to, make, I'm, not, I'm trying to make sure I don't fall. I'm trying to make sure I don't fall under uh, a Moby's pet peeve
2: umbrella. Um, the, definitely. So so as defenders, do you guys have to take some kind of pride in that? Like almost like a, almost like an O-line, a O-line and a quarterback, right? So like you guys are defenders, you're the back line. You take some kind of pride in kind of protecting your your goalkeeper to a degree. I mean, it depends. Yeah, I I would say because
1: they're protected by the rules, right? But like, if someone's coming in reckless, yeah, I'm gonna be mad about it. Yeah, but um, I'm not necessarily like trying to block for him, you know. You know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I'd agree. Like the only thing I I'd get mad is like if there's like a cheap shot, you try to undercut them. Correct. Or like, like leave your foot in, like on like a breakaway, and you know you're not going to get it. Other than that, goalie, come out with your knee, come out with your foot, like you're protected.
1: Correct. All right, hold on, my internet.
0: Hell, stuck. this is the first time we've done VAR for uh, no car, <laughs> yellow car, red car.
2: Yeah, for real. Move to move to the next one, and then <laughs> all right, all right, will come back to that one. So, no car, yellow car, red card a group of Burnley fans fly white lives matter banner over their match against city. Um, So you don't even need to keep explaining. That's a red car with lifelong ban suspension.
0: And that's what they got. Yeah. (laughs) That's
2: exactly what those guys got. And one of the guys actually got fired. So yeah, that one was self-explanatory. All right. Next one. No card, yellow card, red card. Liverpool are Premier League champions for the first time in thirty years. That's uh, it.
0: Yeah, uh, for me, I, I, I'm I'm a Chelsea fan, so I'm gonna just play like devil's advocate. I'm gonna give it a yellow card. You know, obviously they were gonna win it regardless, but it's just it's always gonna have an asterisk because of what happened um, with everything COVID related. No, but congrats to Liverpool. Thirty years is a long time. Um, what you think, Joel?
1: Yeah, I think no card because I'm I'm not a hater. So that's different.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, quick question, Jules, because I put it on Twitter: Jordan Henderson or Steven Gerrard? Because Jordan Henderson, he's won Champions League, he's brought Champions uh, uh, Premier League title, um, and basically, if 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 it plays out like he's gonna have, I mean, he took England to the semis. I'm not gonna say he took him, but he was part of the squad. Obviously, I like player for player, I think Steven, Steven G G's, Stevie G's better, but I mean accolades are accolades.:
1: Yeah, I would say still, Stevie G, though, okay he's just he's when players reach a certain legendary status, it's, it's just,
0: you know, yeah but Henderson, I mean, you bring a title to your, your city after 30 years? I yeah, feel like no. people are just gonna be like mad biased,
2: like the LeBron yeah, thing. that's
1: fair. But Stevie oh. G is still Stevie G, though.
0: Yeah, facts. It's gonna be interesting to see like how that shakes out. But yeah, all right, that's do we it.
2: Have a VAR man. review yet? Yeah. I don't VR.
1: know what. Nah, I don't know what was going on with the video that I was trying to pull up. It wasn't loading, so it's all good. I would say in general, without, without seeing it, just based on what you are describing.
2: <laughs> I, describe it to me, describe it to me. Um, so, so Leno's going up for, going up to catch a ball. He has the ball in his hand and Mapai just runs into him. So Mapai has plenty of time to like stop and to, and to pull up, but he just runs into him anyway. He causes him to like land awkwardly on his, on his knee. Um, so the, but Leno
0: saw him coming right
2: I believe he did
0: oh yeah I, I don't know put your elbows out Carl Malone style like <laughs> not protect your space
1: yeah I would I would say okay I found I found it
0: this is why VAR this is why people don't like VAR Cause you got refs like Jaleel. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: would say yellow card. There it is. I would say yellow card, but you know, you take into fat, you take into consideration like the injury and stuff, but I would say you have to, what really goes into it is like, if you can, if you can see intent, you know, that plays a big part in, in it. I don't think like the force and like the intent was that egregious. Okay.
0: Yeah, so that's it. Uh, Jalil, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, We're definitely going to have all your information in the show notes. Um, That's it. Subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us get discovered. Follow us on all the socials, at Two Cents FC, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you get your information. Tweet us your comments on the show, any topics that you would like us to discuss. With that being said, we'll tune in next Friday. Thank you.